Okay, who is your favorite redhead in Hollywood? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer's on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here. Hi. Hi. Who's your favorite redhead in Hollywood and why? Uh, 651-641-1071. Today is a very, very special day. Today is Redhead Appreciation Day. And I thought it was a good idea to appreciate some redheads. I appreciate you, Colleen. Thank you. I appreciate you, you. And I appreciate the fact that you have a show with your name on it and you want to appreciate your fellow I redheads. I want to appreciate my people. Yes. So maybe you don't know. Uh, I am a redhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now I'm a purple head, but usually I have red hair. I was born with red hair. I've had it my whole life. And today... September 23rd is Redhead Appreciation Day, and I read to you from the National Today website the following. Today, on September 23rd, it reminds us of the beauty and uniqueness of red-haired people. They possess the rarest hair shade and are often associated with having a fiery or hot-tempered nature. Whether that's true or not, we can't deny redheads are like rare birds of paradise, making up just 4% of the world's population. Redheads can often feel like outcasts and standouts in crowds. So if you are a redhead or have a redhead friend or family member, today is the day to appreciate them in all their flaming glory. And so I ask you, who is your favorite redhead in Hollywood? 651-641-1071. We actually have callers. Let's go to Maria. (laughs) Don't act so shy. I am excited. Hi, Maria. Who is your favorite redhead in Hollywood? Mark Helgenberger. Oh, that is a good one. And why do you love her so much? Because she's quite classy, but has the good RBF. Ah, yes. <laughs> she definitely does have a great RBF. And I will celebrate that along with you, Maria. Thank right. you. Thank you for I your call. I have white hair. Oh, it happens. Yeah. Thank happens. you for your call. I will say this. One of my family members one time said to me, redheads never get gray hair. And that family member was a liar because the reason I have purple hair is because I started to get gray hair. It's not fun. Yeah. It, well, it happens. Well, trust, Colleen. I'm a person. <laughs> my hair is white. My hair is white. It's it's just, it's, it's a rude awakening, as mm-hmm. we all know. Gloria mm-hmm. is on the line. Hello, Gloria. Gloria. Gloria, who is your favorite redhead in Hollywood? It is National Redhead Appreciation Day. We are appreciating redheads. Maureen O'Hara. Maureen O'Hara. Yes. Yes. She is fantastic. And I feel like I don't even need to ask why, but why do you appreciate her so much? Because she's so passionate and fiery. Yes, I agree. And beautiful. Thank yes. you, Gloria. That is a, you, Gloria. like that is a good that is a good throwback. Do you think that the fiery attitude comes as a result of the red hair? I actually that, have thoughts about this. Or that the thing that's why I'm asking yeah, you, thanks. Colleen, our redhead that we're celebrating on yeah. National Red Hair Day. Which is it, chicken or egg? I think that you have a fiery attitude because you have red hair, and the reason why is because you there. It is you are you recognize that you have something weird and unique from a very young age. And in some ways you have to compensate for it. Kids are not nice to redheads. At least they weren't when I was a kid. Yeah. You'd get called all kinds of names and uh, you had to compensate for that. So, yeah, I think 
You know, I think a lot of times that's one way people deal with something that makes them different. Oh, sure. Like sure. you compensate for it yeah. by. And I think also you have a reputation for being fiery. And so you do sort of meet the moment. Yeah. You kind of lean into that kind of, that that thing. I mean, right. de- I feel like a lot of people have that thing about themselves. Yeah. That perhaps somebody was not nice to them mm-hmm. about. And then it's like, well, fine, I'm going to lean into it. Exactly. You. Yes. OK, let's go now to Carol. Hello, Carol. Carol, who is your favorite redhead in Hollywood and why? I love Lucille Ball. Yeah. She's funny. <laughs> I love it. I agree with you. Thank you so much, Carol, for Thanks, your call. Carol. Lucille Ball, who will be played by Nicole Kidman, another famous redhead, uh, in their, the upcoming um, biopic. I'm kind of scared about that. Uh, we all are. But I just finished watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah, I cannot recommend that. Oh, I super want to watch it. No. I actually think I might want to read the book instead. Perhaps. I heard that the book and the TV show are very different. Oh, okay. That they have the same essence, but that the story goes in very different directions. Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu has a great cast, an interesting premise, but then ultimately it was like, wow, okay, well, that just happened. Oh, okay. That just happened. Okay, Kathy's on the line. Hi, Kathy. Kathy, who is your favorite redhead in Hollywood and why? Opie, um, Ron Howard. um, Every once in a while I watch an old movie, and there he is as a little kid, and I just think it's admirable that he came up in that um, type of atmosphere, but seemingly, I mean, we don't know, of course, but seemingly he is a family man and a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, Kathy. Thank you for your call. He he really, like, as a child actor, is one of the ones that fared the best. Yes. Yeah, and now that'd be Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yeah. yeah. Well, and then his daughter, Bryce Dallas yes, Howard. also a beautiful redhead. Also a beautiful redhead. Yeah. Very successful mm-hmm. actress going into the direction thing. She's done some, uh, she's directing the reboot of Night, a flight of the navigator. Oh yeah, that's right. Disney. Yeah, which is so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for sharing your favorite redheads on Redhead Appreciation Day. Um, feel free to continue to appreciate the redheads in your life throughout the day. Um, and yes, I did just totally bogart an entire segment to talk about having red hair. Yeah, but again, Colleen, mm-hmm. you're, if you have your name on a program, yes, and you don't indulge a little bit, yes, then, then, you know, what is that all that for? I will say, I'm glad you're here, because if Bradley were here, Bradley does not have time for me talking about having red hair. He's like, that's you, just, have you that. are not, it's true, I have, you that. have that, but he's like, it does not make you unique. You just want to be unique. I'm like, I, it's that's a redhead thing. We want to be unique. Leave but, us alone. But everybody's unique. You're and right. That's true. Way. And that's just my thing. It is your thing. You have it. I have that. Right. Um, I will say, oh, hats off to all redheads. I was going to say I should probably share who my favorite redhead in Hollywood is. Please, I want to know your Listen, favorite Hollywood I'm going to tell you that um, my favorite redhead in Hollywood, I'm trying to come up with a male redhead right now because male redheads do not get the amount of attention that female redheads get. And I'm going to say, you're going to laugh. I have to find his real name because I can't remember his real name. He is... Um, my one of my favorite. I think he's like the sexiest redhead. He's on Grey's Anatomy. Oh god! He plays Owen Hunt. Yeah. Okay. And his real name is. Hold the phone. Oh. Waiting. Oh my gosh! Colleen's favorite celebrity redhead. His real name I can't remember. Is Kevin McKidd. 
Okay. I'm, I'm glad you have that. I'm glad you have Kevin McKidd. I can't think of a lot of male I redhead know. Hollywood stars because immediately my mind went all the way back to the 90s. Mm-hmm. The only person I could think of was David Caruso, who used to be oh, on NYPD Blue. you should Blue. say that because that one occurred to me. And then, like, there's always, there's Danny Bonaducci, which oh, nobody, you yeah. know, that's a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. Side note, I had a weird dream with Dennis Franz in it the other day. Really? How desperately I want to know more. I'll look at the time. All right. Well, we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. Uh, oh, okay. We have to talk about the announcement that was made about a Saturday Night Live casting and the shade that Deborah Messing threw. We'll talk about it when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. Okay, I get get ready because we're about to throw some shade around on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer is on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Yes, hi. Uh, we're not going to throw the shade, but we're going to talk about some shade that one celebrity tried to throw at Kim Kardashian. So Kim Kardashian has been announced as a host on Saturday Night Live. In fact, she will be the first host of the 47th season of the... Actually, I think we learned this the other day. The uh, TV show that has won the most Emmy Awards. Ever. Ever. That's true. That's Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. She will be the first host of the 47th season. Um, Deborah Messing is like, hold up, what? She tweeted, why Kim Kardashian? I mean, I know she's a cultural icon, but SNL has hosts generally who are performers who are there to promote a film, TV show, or album launch. Am I missing something? And I would say, yes. Yeah. Deborah, you are mm-hmm. missing the year 2021. Yeah. Welcome. To the year 2021. Right. I would even argue, Deborah Messing, welcome to Saturday Night Live, live from New York. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live has consistently done stunt guest host casting for many a year. For a long time. For a long time. I mean, when you think back, it, like, I do think, okay, I will say as a appointment viewer of Saturday Night Live, I get less excited when it's a sports figure or something like that. So, yeah. like, I'm not super excited, but I actually am in the way that you would like gravitate toward something you knew might be crap. Well, I think that that is a curiosity, yeah, rather than excitement, because it's like, yes, we all recognize that Kim Kardashian is not a performer in the traditional right. sense, right? And here's what I will say on behalf of Lauren Michaels: this is an interesting flex, right? Like, this is an interesting choice to make. Because typically the the season would open with whoever kind of the biggest blockbuster star is. Well, of course, because it's your season premiere. Right. And Lauren Michaels has been doing this thing for 47 right. years. He understands that people want to watch. Right. They're curious. But if you're thinking right now in the year 2021, who the biggest blockbuster like fall movie breakout is... Does anybody come to mind immediately? Well, they're doing it a couple weeks deep in where the big movie of the fall or one of them is Mr. James Bond. No time to die. And if Daniel Craig doesn't want to do it, fine. We're going to get Rami Malek to do it. He won an Oscar. He's playing the villain in No Time to Die. Perfect. So there's your big fall movie So it's in there, but we don't have that big Tom Cruise-y person to show up. And so I do think it's an interesting way to get people hooked in. To see the new cast, to see what they're doing this year, 
to have Kim Kardashian on, people are going to be curious. I bet this will be very highly rated. And he's definitely hedging his bets on it. But what I also think is interesting is I think we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, well, of course we knew this was going to happen. Because we heard a blind item. Not from our friend NT Lawyer, but it tickled the back of my brain that we heard this somewhere. Holly, and you're the one that, of course, because you are like the encyclopedia for the Colleen and Bradley show. You remember where we heard this from. Yeah, we didn't talk about it on the air at the time. So, if you don't follow the Instagram account Dumois... Highly suggest you do that. So Dumas an Instagram account that talks about hot celebrity gossip. They get a lot of hot tips, a lot of blind items, a lot of reader submissions, and a lot of fans are out in the wild looking for celebrities. And then they send their celebrity spottings to this Dumas Instagram account and they'll go ahead and publish them. Well, one of the hot tips that Dumas got about a month ago Mm -hmm. was from the Polo Lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel where three people were having lunch. Mm-hmm. That would be Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian, and Lauren Michaels. Which makes perfect sense. Which makes perfect sense. So this was not, if you were following your hot celebrity goss, yeah. this totally makes perfect sense. And they've been planning this for quite some, uh, naturally they've been right. planning for quite some time. Well, and here's the, okay, so uh, this is, if I'm going to just get real deep in the weeds about this, when I think about that, I don't think it would make sense for Lauren Michaels to meet with everybody that they're scheduling as a guest host on Saturday Night Live. However, it would make sense if Kris Jenner reached out and was like, why, you know, would you ever consider putting Kim on? And then they went out to the Polo Lounge and had a sit down meet and greet. And that's where the decision was made. That's where the deal was inked. That does make sense. Yeah. So it, it does stand to reason that that's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. Right. Deals are getting made. Yes, Hollywood lunch and man, it happens all the time. It does. Yeah. And I'm not, not here for the shade. No, that Deborah Messing is throwing. That Deborah Messing is throwing about this. Because if you look back at the history of Saturday Night Live, they have done plenty of stunt casting. And they even did it last season. Remember oh, yeah. Elon Musk? Yes. What they the do it for all Saturday the time. Night Live? Also, I will just say, like, everybody is diversifying how they see celebrity, right? Yes. We saw that at the Met Gala. They started to uh they started to invite TikTok stars. There is a different understanding of what celebrity and icon is. Mm-hmm. And that shift has been happening. There was, if we're going inside baseball a yeah. little bit. So there was this article that was written on Deadline.com. And it got my attention because it was talking about Tom Cruise and the fact that his big blockbuster movies keep getting delayed. Yeah. And that Hollywood has survived on that kind of celebrity like Tom Cruise. Right. But then asking the question... Well, what does it mean to be a celebrity in 2021? We used to understand celebrities as being entertainers. Right. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Absolutely. And not only that, Holly, it used to be that we would have, we had a, we had very specific, um, uh, you know, being if you were a movie star, you were in a higher echelon than a TV star. Oh, sure. There was a hierarchy. Right. But there is definitely a muddying of those waters now because especially post pandemic or in this pandemic world we live in post uh, lockdowns where where it's even muddying the waters of where move where movies live right because you don't just have to go to the theater now to see big blockbuster movies first run you can watch them on your own television mm-hmm. right so there's always been a converse not there all there the last few years there's been more of a conversation about what constitutes a movie 
some movies never make it to the theater. Some premiere only on Netflix or on your streaming service. Do I think it was Steven Spielberg who had like, was it Steven Spielberg who had like real issues with that? Well, he had real issues until he signed a deal with Netflix. Weird how that works. Oh, weird how that works. Right? <laughs> but the conversation has been happening for a long time yeah. where that hierarchy is sort of breaking down. And I would say that now the next stage of that is that the hierarchy of celebrity is starting to break down. Where you are understanding Kim Kardashian as a celebrity on par with somebody like Tom Cruise. She's a household name. Oh, absolutely. She is one of those celebrities that everybody knows her name. Yes. I mean, she bellied up to cheers. They, Sam would slide her a beer. Yeah. Norm. Kim. Thank you. Everybody knows who she is. And so here's the other thing. You don't have to be a comedian, a comedic actor, or even an actor at all to star on Saturday Night Live. That's kind of the fun of it. Well, right. Exactly. Can I give you some names of people who have been on Saturday Night Live who are not quote unquote performers? How about a former press secretary? Named Ron Nesson. He was a host on set. Thank you. So bizarre. Okay. Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Was a a host of Saturday Night Live. Not known for his performing. Not really. Ralph Nader. My gosh. I forgot about that. Uh, Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Wasn't Bob Dole on Saturday Night Live? (sighs) He didn't host, maybe. I can't speak to that for sure, Colleen, but I know that they did skits with Bob Dole because every time that they would have Bob Dole on, Bob Dole would say Bob Dole. Yes. Remember Bob Dole, Bob Dole, Bob Dole thinks still alive. Yeah, it's true. Still alive that Bob Dole, but they've had people from the world of business, the world of politics, the world of news. So the fact that Deborah Messing is getting nitpicky about Kim Kardashian specifically, it's just that form of shade towards the Kardashians in general that I don't know necessarily where that lies in the conversation of 2021. Well, I do feel like we need to stop having the conversation about the Kardashians not being relevant because that's just not true. You can fight against it because you don't like that they are relevant. Yeah. And you can pick apart why you can pick that apart and have criticisms for days. Right. But but you have to lay down that idea that they aren't icons, that that they aren't relevant. They are. They absolutely are relevant in Hollywood. They're relevant in the way that we understand reality television. They're irrelevant in the way that we understand celebrity. They have proven their relevance. And so we no longer can argue that. Right. Um, But I, I I don't know. I just think this is a brilliant casting. Yeah. I think that I, I I don't. I think Deborah Messing is missing the mark. But I understand her question. Yeah. I just think it's a little archaic, and it's a little bit misunderstanding how SNL actually operates. Yeah, right. And she's got plenty to promote. Do not worry about it. In fact, actually, ooh 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 ooh. I bet, I bet this will line up with some sort of announcement about whatever their Hulu project is. Oh, thank you. Exactly. They got things to sell. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't They're worry fine. About it. They're They'll, fine. Yeah, you're They're good. Fine. They're fine. When fine. we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly. We're going to tell you all about them after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer is on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Greetings. And we are ready to tell you all about these celebrity D bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Oh, 
I feel like we like touched on this the other day. Oof, I don't. That's a terrible. Touched by a D-bag. Touched by a D-bag. <laughs> I feel like we touched on this the other day, but we definitely, I definitely heard Julia and Brittany talking about this the other day that Kelly Ripa <clears throat> explained on Monday's episode of Live with Kelly and Ryan that every the way that she and her husband, Mark Consuelos, handle any and all conflicts within their marriage is to just have sex. This is so, it's so predictable. It's so predictable. Right? Yes. It is so, so, so predictable. She said um, that like, that he just likes to nip things in the bud. He'll say, oh, are you upset? I know how to take care of that. No, no, Mark. (laughs) What do you think you are? Barney Fife in the bedroom? Stop it. The thing about it is this. Okay, like, I don't know. Listen, people talk about their marriages, and that's great. Yeah. I just have a hard time with anybody who always is talking about their marriage and how great it is and how much it works. Sure. And not because I'm not happy for them if they feel like their marriage works so well and they're really great at it. But because I think that, that... perpetuating the image that relationships are easy and that they are as easy as solving conflict with sexy time is just reducing a real relationship down to not much. And that real relationships are very, very complex and it's not going to take 15 minutes and some light thrusts to solve these problems. Like it's just that just is, it just doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. It's much more complex and nuanced. And I don't know, Colleen, I've been upset with a significant other. Sure. From time to time. Uh, Yes. As of high in the history of my life. Absolutely. Pretty sure in a moment where I was irritated or actually genuinely in conflict with my significant other, I don't want them or any part of their body near mine. So that's Just the other it. thing, too, is that, like, get out the little squirt bottle of water like you would for a cat eating a plant. And you just go. <laughs> so I'm no therapist, but um, I've seen one for a very long time. And I would say to me, that sounds like a method of avoidance. Oh. Like if when you are in mm-hmm. conflict, the way that you solve it is to actually put it down and do it. Do something else. Yeah. Whatever that thing is. But in this case, it's it. That to me sounds like you are, you have a method of avoiding the conflict and not actually resolving it. Sure. Which I don't know to me, I, but I, my bigger <laughs> issue is with the way that they always, she's always talking about their marriage and how sexy they are. Right. It makes me think they're not that sexy. Well, thank you that the sexy is performative. Right. And that, hey, anybody can be as sexy as they want. Sure. People can also be as unsexy as they want. Mm -hmm. That's all right as well. Yeah. Wherever you lie in the spectrum of sexiness and it works for you, then it works for you. Well, I will tell you, I just learned where my husband's... uh... What he thinks. Oh. He's texting me. He's like, I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. But with Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos, I, I see what you're getting at where their sexiness as a position of. No pun intended. Yeah. Of solving 
legitimate conflict seems very performative because they have a long history of performing their yes. relationship, which which makes sense because this conversation was taking place when Mark Consuelos was co-hosting live with sure. Kelly. So, th- yeah, it's it, a, and, you know, we, we talk about this all the time on this show about how, you know, these people in your in your life, these people who are. I don't know, in a relationship and all they want to do is make you believe that they have this hot and heavy, like sexual energy all the time. Yep. And you're like, okay, great. Uh, actually, what you're doing is making me feel like that's a performance. Like this feels like it's, who are you doing this for? Well, and then everybody is a performance. Yes. And that with Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos, everything is a performance. And I always go back. Yeah. To just one of my favorite celebrity moments of all time that just tickles me to no end and it specifically has to do with kelly ripa oh gosh and i would love to have a conversation with her if i ever met her i'd be too chicken to do it oh yeah but ke- the kelly Ripa and cap ca- ca- thing oh <laughs> <laughs> where it's just oh man i never ceases to delight but the story last spring when we were in the grips deep grip oh my gosh of the COVID-19 pandemic specifically in New York City where live with Kelly and Ryan films story after story coming out about how Kelly Ripa just loves to wear caftans around the house headline from May 12th 2020 Mm -hmm. Kelly Ripa admits she loves wearing caftans at home my kids call me Mrs. Roper well, the reason that Kelly Ripa was wearing her caftans is because she was broadcasting remotely yeah. from her home in the Caribbean, yeah. and she didn't have any more clothes, but mm-hmm. she didn't want to tell anybody about right. it. Right. So she was trying to tell us that she was loving her caftan, and that's why she was wearing it day after day. During Tuesday, the truth is, she just didn't have any other options in her closet, and she was lying. Well, yeah, she wasn't necessarily lying, but, but it was she a lie through omission. Yeah, because she was having us all believe she was broadcasting from New York. But here they were on a tropical vacation. Well, and it wasn't even necessarily like, look, we're broadcasting from New York. But at the height of the pandemic, when people were leaving, there were millions of people who didn't have the luxury of leaving. And it wasn't that she she just it was a lie through mission. But then it was doubling down on it by making up these ridiculous stories about how she wore the most comfortable pastel caftan that Mark Consuelos gifted her over a decade ago. Okay. Okay, so that's where, going back to this story mm-hmm. about solving marital conflicts through sexy time, yeah. I just, with these guys, yeah. I'm just not here for this story that yeah. they're telling. Yeah. Neither am I, Holly. No. Sorry, thank you for indulging my Kelly Ripa cafe. Thank you for indulging uh, <laughs> my Mark Consuelo sexy time conversation. What prompted her to dig up the garment? Desperation. Yeah, right. And it was all she had. Okay, who's your D-bag, Holly? Thanks for asking. Yeah. It's Johnny Depp. Oh, perennial. Mm-hmm. Bing bong. Bing bong. A frequent flyer. Mm-hmm. Here's your peanuts, Johnny Depp. Um, So Johnny Depp is being honored with the Donostia Award mm. at the San Sebastian Film Festival. Sounds prestigious. Sounds prestigious. He's being honored. Basically, the people at this film festival were like, we need to get a big star. We want to honor him. Johnny Depp. Great. Done. Johnny Depp has some thoughts and opinions about always quote unquote cancel culture. Great. Johnny Depp says 
of quote unquote cancel culture. No one is safe. Not one of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, really quick. I just want to point something out. Said from a film yep. festival <laughs> where he's receiving a prestigious award. Where he's receiving a prestigious award. Bro. Bro. You're not canceled. You're like, not, no. That's not... People who are canceled, and I'm putting that in loose quotes, because I have some real specific thoughts about what people call cancel culture. Uh-huh. Um, you're, but if you get to still be Johnny Depp, and you get to receive an award at a huge, huge festival... Dude, you're not canceled. Yeah. Yeah. What if you were canceled, you'd be at home in your Grundies eating cheese curls and questioning all the decisions you've made in your life. Yeah. That's not happening. That's not happening. You're you have a public platform. Your words are being published. Yes. On variety.com. Right. Because that's where I'm sourcing this story. What actually happened here with Johnny Depp, the read is that. Johnny Depp's personal life and his behavior was out in public display for years. Mm -hmm. And I think specifically he's uh, talking about being dropped from the Fantastic Beasts franchise Mm -hmm. where he starred as the character Grindelwald. Well, Warner Brothers decided to remove him from the franchise and recast his part because Fantastic Beasts is a global franchise. And it also is a global franchise that is aimed to young people. Right. And he's not maybe a person who is at this point inspiring to young people, given the multiple things he's having to answer to in the legal system right now. Yeah. And that we saw all these details play out in legitimate court. I mean, this isn't even the public or the court of public opinion. I mean, over in the UK last summer, we got some really down and dirty details about uh, emphasis uh, on dirty. Yeah. Uh, I will say gelato. Okay. Mm. And then, oh, also bed poo. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's. That's legit. Veg That's the other thing. Look it up. It's true. That's, yes. And so all of those things were displayed publicly. Now, you think about that and then you ask yourself why a giant multinational production company like Warner Brothers would decide to move away from somebody like that. Who's who, arguing about bed poo. Who's arguing yeah. about that. Yeah. So no one is, so that is, you know, we don't have time to go into the specific beeps about the cancel culture label. But applying that to your situation, Johnny Depp, not applicable here. No. Not applicable here. But but here's what I will say. It is on brand for Johnny Depp to try to paint himself as a victim. Sure. That is on brand for the Johnny Depp that we know of of today. Mm -hmm. Not the 21 Jump Street Johnny Depp that was hot and I, you know, had naughty tingles for. No. But today's Johnny Depp likes to paint himself as a victim of his relationships. Right. And so there are a lot of choices that Johnny Depp made throughout Mm -hmm. the years. And then Warner Brothers decided to maybe move in a different direction because secret Mm -hmm. Hollywood is small C conservative. Oh, yeah, it's true. And they're looking at their bottom line. Yeah, because they got to make money off of this 
They're, they have, they're investing in this person. They're investing in that person. They're investing in this project. Yeah. And so they made a calculated decision mm-hmm. to say, perhaps we are going to distance ourselves from working with Johnny Depp. Now, there are other issues with the Fantastic Beast franchise that, again, we won't probably get into right now because we got to go to break. Yes. But they ultimately decided not to work with Johnny Depp. And that's to say, I bet there are a lot of people who actually would want to work with Johnny Depp. Yes. And you might not be working with giant mega corporations like Disney, like Warner Brothers, who are making very thoughtful decisions Mm -hmm. in a way that is not behooving Johnny Depp. Right. Well, it's just they're 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 serving their bottom line. They are trying to protect their bottom line. They're serving their shareholders because that's what companies like that do. Right. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, I would like to have a conversation about Sean Mendez. I think he spouted some serious wisdom on Stephen Colbert's show um, about his engagement with social media. We'll talk about it after this on My Talk 1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley, trainers on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are hanging out with you. Hey. Hey. Okay, so, you know, actually, it's funny that uh, I'm bringing up Sean Mendez because earlier in the show we were talking about publicationships gone wrong with Catherine McPhee. Yep. And we, and I was saying, you know, I actually kind of do, we, we poke fun at them, but I do commend Sean Mendez and uh, Camila Cabello for their uh, commitment to their publicationship. If a publicationship doesn't work, we wouldn't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that we're even talking about it is testimony to its actual, or testament to its actually serving its own purpose, yeah, right? Right. Well, Sean Mendez was on uh, Stephen Colbert. I believe this was last night. Um, you know, he's out and about. He's got some stuff that he's promoting, specifically um, his Wonder the World tour. That's his latest project. And um, he and Stephen Colbert had a conversation about social media. Um, and I think the part that I want to share goes on for a little while, but it is interesting enough. I want to play a little bit of their interview. This is Sean Mendez with Stephen Colbert. Hey, everybody. We're back with global superstar singer songwriter Sean Mendez. I, I want to ask you about social media because yeah. you started off, really, first got your popularity on the now defunct uh, Vine. Do you, do you still, how do you feel about being on social media? Because it can be exhausting. I have a very, like, most of the time hate relationship with social media. I think it's, like, a beautiful thing when you can rally people together to do something in a positive way. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing when people are saying good things about you. It feels really good. <laughs> and when they say bad things about oh, you? Oh, that's the worst. Wow. Yeah. That might happen to me someday. Yeah. I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it, but yeah, it I might just it happen. <laughs> it is sad, isn't it? Because it, we really can have a good experience on there, but it's not like a place for agreement. No. It, t- it tends to be a place for conflict. For conflict and for judgment. Yeah. Which is kind of a lazy way to communicate yeah, pure conflict. We're way smarter than that. We so what do you do with your time? Like, what do, you, what do you try to replace that social media time with? Because it's an addictive, it's like a time <laughs> hole yeah. you can fall into. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I honestly wish I could say I'm good at not being on social media, but I'm not. I'm on it all the time. I suck at it. And Do you ever just delete all the apps? Yeah, all the time. And for like three days until I did download them again. Um, okay, so that's like, enough. But that's, so that's Sean Mendez talking to Stephen Colbert about his relationship with social media. 
And I just find it really refreshing that he's very honest about it. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And it makes you feel good until it doesn't make you feel good. And then it makes you feel and bad. And then it makes you feel bad. And then he says, you know, but I, and I'd, I wish I could tell you that I was good at staying away from it, but I'm not. I suck at it. And he says he deletes his apps, but like three days later, he's back on it. Which I just like appreciated because we've had these conversations the last few days about like Rebel Wilson saying, oh, I'm going to just take a break from social media because I have to focus on this work thing. And then two days later, she's back. Yeah. Which could genuinely constitute a break. Right. For somebody like Rebel Wilson. Like sure. they think staying away from social media for less than a week is actually a break. Right. This is a good point. And then there was Britney Spears, who famously took a break from Instagram, like literally took her entire Instagram down Mm -hmm. and then came back with a vengeance, man. She's twirling in that foyer. She is doing her foyer twirls. I mean, she came back, what, it was like five days later? It was was about a week Maybe a week. Mm -hmm. So it is, I mean, this is something we see. We've talked about it with Chrissy Teigen. She's wanted to take a break from Twitter. She comes back with a vengeance right after that or moves entirely just into another space. Yeah, she's on Instagram. So That's Chrissy where Keegan, she's doing her thing. She's on social media. She just has gone away from Twitter. Now she's on Instagram. Right. Doing, posting a lot. Right. She posts a lot. Well, there. and I get it. Like, listen, yeah. I, if there, I just, I admire anybody who is able to say, I don't need this in my life. I am not going to bring it in. Like, I'm just not going to do the social media thing. Because as Sean Mendez said... It's great until it's not great. Well, so I listened to that interview with Sean Mendez. And um, shortly after that, I found this article about a um, a documentary that Monica Lewinsky is doing with uh, HBO, I believe, HBO Max. Um, and it's called 15 Minutes of Shame. And listen, this is like... This is the place where Monica Lewinsky right now, well, has shined. She's been a real advocate for anti-bullying. And Monica Lewinsky really was the, the, um, like the bullseye for the ire of so many people when she found herself involved with the then president of the United States of America, Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. when she was a 21-year-old intern. Yeah. And she was... You know, I shudder to think of what her life would have been like if we would have had social media Mm. at the time. Mm -mm. Right. Yeah. It was bad enough the way it was. She had to claw her way out of the hole she was in to try to make her way to try to become because she was she was actually canceled. Yes. Yes. That is an appropriate Use of the term cancel culture, not for somebody like Johnny Depp, but for somebody like Monica Lewinsky, because it, it we still contextualize her from that event. And that's it. You're never going to not do that. Right. It's true. Um, but I think we have a different way of seeing her now. We have oh, a different yeah. way of understanding because time has passed and we understand differently and. Um, you know, we've changed our perspective on certain things for a number of reasons, and it was a necessary evolution. Um, but she has really made her focus finding the areas of the internet or specifically with cyberbullying 
where people have actually been canceled. Yeah. Um, And so she is taking on cancel culture with this 15 minutes of shame. And she looks at the darkness of when social media goes so bad Mm -hmm. and so wrong. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing this project. I feel like, um, I feel, oh, by the way, she does this alongside Max Joseph, whose name you might not realize or like recognize right off the bat. No, but he's uh, he worked together with Neve Shulman on uh, Catfish, mm-hmm. and then he left Catfish to to pursue some other. I believe he left Catfish to pursue some other things like this, some other filmmaking projects. Um, so he directed this uh, while Monica Lewinsky produced it. It's called Fifteen Minutes of Shame. Um, and it is going to be a project that will air on HBO Max and that will uh, be released on October 7th. So coming up soon. But what I appreciate about Monica Lewinsky is she has found a way to channel her own terrible experience to help other people understand what the effects of cyberbullying and that True, true, true cancel culture. Yeah, and I'm glad that Monica Lewinsky is doing this and having conversations and contextualizing, if we're going to use that phrase, cancel culture, what it actually means and how it actually affects people. Because that's one of those pop culture catchphrases that gets bantered about. Right. And there is a legitimate definition for it. It gets misappropriated. And it's been misappropriated and co-opted in a way that ultimately doesn't service the real conversations that can be happening. I mean, I think about a phrase like fake news. Yeah. A legitimate phenomenon Mm -hmm. that had been co-opted and spun out in a way where it was like, well, wait, 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 let's actually look at what that means. Right. And then it gets taken and then run down to the 10 yard line, which is super unfortunate because there are real people who are still suffering from the reality of what we're actually talking about, especially with cancel culture. Right. Right. So she will follow um, she will follow a number of people who were were essentially canceled on social media. She says, trust me, I know a little something about this Uh, patient. I was patient zero of having a reputation destroyed because of the Internet. And I would not be the last. And like I said, this was early. I mean, this was, I will say last night on American Crime Story Impeachment. Yeah. The episode focused on Matt Drudge and the Drudge Report mm. and the Drudge Report's engagement and um, uh, kind of, yeah, how how the Drudge Report figured into the Monica Lewinsky scandal as sure. it was happening. And that was early internet. Yeah, that was late 90s, early internet. Yeah. And so... I suppose, I you know, pre-social media, pre-social media, yeah. but the Drudge Report being a website that perpetuated certain angles and narratives about this story and what was happening yes. and shaping the public perception yes. of this. Exactly. And so she she does have experience with it. Um, but she says, imagine waking up with the whole world talking about you because your mistake, your secret has now been made public. And these oh. are the types of stories she focuses on in 15 minutes of shame. Yeah. Again, that's HBO Max. That's coming up on uh, October 2nd. I'm really looking forward to watching it. And I also feel like Monica Lewinsky is having her redemption moment. Yeah. Which she deserves because she never deserved what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. Uh, And um, I believe that, you know, we are partially all responsible for it. And I believe we need to hear what she has to say. Great. Because she's got plenty to say. Here to listen. 
When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, what are you doing with your coffee? Are you making it at home or are you going to the coffee shop to pick it up? 651-641-1071. Coffee talk after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071.